Hello, everyone, and welcome to DC Talks Rocks. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, and today, you know, I was going to be talking about Sam Hill. You're going to get back into individual player reviews and, and talking about some Colorado Rockies wild cards, and that conversation is going to have to be pushed off till tomorrow because, well, the Colorado Rockies went out there and made themselves some news, didn't they? Kind of surprising that in the midst of this lockout and really no news coming from anywhere in the baseball world that the Rockies would just randomly sort of announce this. So that was a bit of a shock. Of course, everybody being upset at news that the Rockies have announced, not surprising whatsoever. So of course, I'm going to dive into this Sterling Monfort thing, talk about it from a couple of different angles, uh, give my general take on both, unfortunately, the PR conversation and the more important conversation about how this plays out for the Rockies in the future and, and what the actual tangible effects of this are going to be. But of course, the Rockies announcing that Sterling Monfort, of course, one of the sons of owner Dick Monfort, has been named the head of scouting, has of course been met with charges of nepotism, more insular culture, and a lot of the things that we know are in many ways, true about the Rockies, but they're also often overblown. And a lot of these things, quite frankly, both in professional sports and just in business, are pretty damn common. So this is, by the way, and, and we got into this debate a little bit on Twitter yesterday. So to clarify, by definition, if you get any sort of favorable consideration for a job, because of a familial relationship with somebody, then it qualifies as nepotism. And while it's almost never, you know, easy to totally prove that you got the job because of, you know, as somebody put it to me on Twitter, would Sterling have gotten this job in another organization if he wasn't related to the owner? And that's an interesting question and one we'll never really know the answer to. But think about First of all, he is qualified. Let, let's start here, and I'll get back to this at the end, but let's at least go back to the fact that he's he was a coach. He was a coaching assistant starting in 2013. He's been in scouting since 2014, and he's been the assistant director of scouting since 2018. And I don't remember, and I've been covering the Rockies since 20... Shoot, <laughs> 13. Um, <laughs> don't do that, Drew. Uh, getting old. Um so those transitions for him into the assistant director of scouting operations in 2018, I don't remember that being this big negative story. He's not qualified for that position. And as all of you know how business ladders and these types of chains work, the assistant director of scouting operations is just one rung down from the job he has now after the, the person who held it previously, John Weil, somebody I've met several times and had a number of fantastic conversations with, departed from the organization this last year, uh, along with a lot of people that left in the aftermath of, of Jeff Breidich leaving and just sort of fresh start for really a lot of people. And, you know, so would a guy who's been working in scouting in Major League Baseball for almost a full decade now be considered for a job elsewhere? Yeah, I think the answer is actually yes. But think about your own family for just a minute. Like, does that make any sense at all? If you owned a baseball team, is that how you would run it? Would you demand that your 
son who's actually a very smart guy, very capable, uh, and has been working with and for you for all of these years that, that he should go and work for somebody else, which in this industry means working directly against you. It's not like he's going to go work for another grocery store and, you know, everyone's going to make their money and both grocery stores can be fine. It's that's not how this works. If he goes to work for one of the other MLB organizations, that means he's going into direct competition with his father. And look, I know people don't love this stuff and especially because of the lack of success of the Rockies over the years, but Sterling and Walker Monfort were always going to grow in importance to this organization. And one or both of them is going to own the team one day. And so we can, you know, as a community, bemoan and kick and scream and and throw around charges of nepotism and media companies that are built on family and people who work together and, you know, have high-ranking positions that would they necessarily have those if they weren't related to or about to be related to the people in charge? Again, there's no way to know. There's no way to prove that question one way or another. But as most of you know, if you've listened to me before, the part of this that I can't stomach is the hypocrisy, is the number of people out there who either are doing the exact same thing, which is giving preference to people who are in their immediate sphere, or people who would do the exact same thing if given the opportunity. I don't think that if most of us owned a baseball team or a sports team or a professional wrestling organization or a comic book company or any of those things, and we had the opportunity to employ a good friend or a person in our family who also does have a resume and the qualifications and has been working in the industry for a long time, why wouldn't you want to work together, right? There's a certain natural, so like I get that it's our job anymore in society to roll our eyes and cynically see terrible things everywhere we look, but I'm sorry, the assistant director of scouting becoming the director of scouting really isn't the scandal, it seems, just because, you know, yeah, his dad owns the team. And I said this, and you, you know that I'm totally consent, consistent on this philosophy. It's the same thing with Bill Schmidt. I do not disagree that it looks bad to not go outside the organization and do a little bit of a search. Now, the director of scouting, this is not one of those types of jobs. This is not a front office job. Well, well it is, but it, it, it's not the GM, you know, it's not that kind of thing. And so it, it's not typical for teams to like get a whole bunch of media coverage over some sort of nationwide search for the new director of scouting, right? If this guy's name had been literally anything else, but it had been an internal candidate, no one would be throwing a fit about it because directors of scouting usually are internal candidates. Sometimes you go outside, but th this isn't this is the type of position where it's very normal for any team to hire from within. And so, yes, it does look bad. But I tell you, folks, I am exhausted by having to talk about how it looks and not being allowed to talk about what it is in any medium, whether it's sports, politics, entertainment, all the things that we talk about here on this Patreon, 
when did we all become little PR experts, little press secretaries who need to check in on exactly how well, look, at the end of the day, the thing that matters is can Sterling Monfort do the job? Is he qualified? Will he do well? And when people have no information about him whatsoever, when they couldn't pick him out of a lineup, when they couldn't tell you what he has or hasn't been working, I saw somebody say, daddy put him in a cushy job for eight years and now he gets to run the scouting department. You don't know what you're talking about. Simple as that. You do not know what you're talking about. This guy isn't the caricature he's being made out to be, and none of them are. And that's the whole problem with the the caricature society that we live in, where if you don't like somebody like Dick Monfort or Bill Schmidt or Jeff Breidich even, I'll I'll put him back on the table. You turn him into this two-dimensional monster, and that makes it easy for you to, in your mind, conjure an entire world where Sterling and Walker Monfort are just out there living the life of super rich kids. And I will say this, I, I made that exact same mistake. I had made my own assumptions about what the Monfort kids were probably kids. I think they're my age or older, right? They're, um, I and, and, and frankly, to, to point out, to get a little bit real here about rich kids in general, right? We, I've got my own hangups and, and stereotypical ideas about how detached the wealthy can be from real world problems and, and real world living. And, you know, I, I've never thought that, uh, <laughs> how do I say this? I, I've always felt that uh, Dick Monfort failed to be articulate in a lot of ways. I've defended him on a lot of levels. I've said a lot of things that I think he does well, especially a lot of the human stuff around his organization, paying his employees, taking care of people um, in the minors and, and, and stuff like that, you know, and then, then there's a lot of the other side where he messes up baseball things and then says really silly stuff that, you know, I think later on he goes, oh, okay, I understand how that came off. And he just highly inarticulate and, and not media savvy. Right. And, and he makes those mistakes. And I, I think I was assuming, you know, and I've only kind of been around Sterling and Walker, a handful of times, you know, handful of conversations here and there over the, the long years. I actually think I met them out in Grand Junction. So it's not like they were named a, a thing of Grand Junction and, uh, you know, phoned it in from Denver because there's daddy's rich kids. No, they were out there doing the work. And, you know, again, that getting to my own preconceived notions, I was surprised. I'll say it. I was surprised at how engaging and articulate and uh, those really are the two words, just very present and, and, and very there in a way that, quite frankly, I would at times criticize their father for not being. And so, uh, you know, sins of the father and all of that stuff, I just uh, give people a chance. And I'm totally fine with if it doesn't go down, uh, coming back and saying, gosh, it really does look like you give you gave your kid an opportunity that he didn't deserve, and then he, he wrecked it, right? If that's what goes down, then fine. Then we can come back with all of that stuff. But a guy with eight years of scouting experience who's grown, uh, literally grown up around this specific team, 
you know, who has all of the passion and drive in the world to make it better, to care about it more than any other team, who doesn't just see this as a job the way a lot of other people would. And again, it's funny, like when is, when it's a family business, when is that a good thing? When is that a bad thing? Right? There have been times for the Broncos, it's been both. Right When Pat Bolin was in charge, that's the best of all, all possible worlds as a sports fan, when you've got an owner like that. But if he had kept his kids completely out of it forever, no nepotism there, right? Look, at, and now the kids are all fighting each other, and are any of them going to get to own the team? Is someone else going to do it? And if so, who? You know, and, and so I get that it's just everywhere. Unfortunately... Or fortunately, in some instances, we tend to just take care of our own as human beings. It's human nature, especially American society, human nature, to take care of our own. So as always, for me, from a baseball analysis standpoint, this always comes back to the proverbial X's and O's, right? The the inside the lines, the statistical data at the end of it. Can he do a good job. And I'm going to watch, I'm going to learn, I'm going to listen, I'm going to find out if he's doing a good job or not and report on that. Um, But what I'm not going to do is make a bunch of assumptions and fan the flames of people who want to be angry about the Rockies all the time. And I say this sometimes and I get pushback from people who I think are very legitimately, very earnestly angry about the Rockies and don't want to be. So I I understand why they would feel attacked when I say that there are people who want to be angry about the Rockies. And that doesn't necessarily apply to you, right? It doesn't necessarily apply to anyone listening to this. I'm sure everyone listening to this has been angry at the Rockies for something in the last couple of years. (laughs) I have. I certainly have. Pissed. But there are people who benefit from a constant outrage machine. Whether it's in, and we all know that to be true. That's what's funny to me is people act like, well, no, that can't possibly be the case in this one instance. But we all know that outrage machines generate revenue for media companies, that people rage click on stuff, that people are much more likely to watch a list of the 10 things that are terrible about something you like than you are 10 things that are good about it. This, there's data out there that just shows this. And if you need any more, go to YouTube sometime and find... You know, anything, pick a movie and see one video where there's a bunch of people talking about all the things they loved about it. And then the same uh, video where those same people are talking about all the things they hate about it. The hate video will have twice as many views. It's it's a part of our 24-7 social media instant gratification outrage machine. And in baseball in particular where it is so difficult to build sustainable success and it's so difficult for most teams outside of the five major markets to really do much of anything other than try to grab a a kind of of out-of-nowhere World Series championship every once in a while, the way the Royals did, right, or the way the Marlins have a couple of times. Like, that's your best-case scenario if you're not one of those other teams. And when that is the setup... That's why so much baseball coverage outside of New York, Chicago, and L.A. is so either lackluster or just anger-driven. 
because part of it is just the, and I've talked about this, why the postseason needs to expand. And part of it is just the grind of the baseball season. And you know that your team is out of it by June, you know, by the trade deadline at the latest. And that's, you know, 80 more games to watch and you're just not gonna. And, and the only thing left to do to engage with your team when they're losing every day (laughs) is to go on social media and get angry about it. And then there are companies that, you know, profit off of that. And so it's, it's really too bad because there's plenty of room for, you know, criticism of what is done. Um, what is rendered, you know, if Sterling Monfort does a terrible job and the Rockies farm system doesn't improve over the next four or five years, then I'll be right there criticizing him of it. But I'm not going to sit here and say he can't possibly do a good job because of what his name is, or he only got the job because of what his name is, or he's unqualified for the position just because of what his name is. Like, we really got to let the facts do the talking at some point. It's like I wrote about with Bill Schmidt. You know, and and I got into this conversation with somebody just recently about the ongoing culture. And this is the problem. It's, it's that the Rockies have this ongoing culture. And I said, I actually think the opposite. I believe the problem is that the Rockies do not have an ongoing culture. They haven't for a while. And the culture got real screwed up and weird under Jeff Breidich. And was it entirely Jeff Breidich's fault? No, but a lot of it was. But for me, and you've probably heard me say this before, but it's worth repeating one last time here in this conversation. The biggest argument against the notion that the Rockies just do everything the same and have some sort of culture of of sameness that they won't go away from is to look at the very legitimate differences between the way Dan O'Dowd ran the team and the way Jeff Breidich ran the team. Everything from the moves they made, the number of moves they made, the types of moves they made, to even the way they talked about and treated the people in and around the organization. Their reputations among just staff and media and all of that could not be much more different. So, yeah, I am of the mind that they're trying to reestablish a culture here with Bill Schmidt bringing Clint Hurdle in is a big part of that. Dick Monfort's comments about needing to step away. Even Greg Fiesel getting in there as a team president. This is a rearranging of the entire front office. It's a new era for Colorado Rockies baseball. And I get why people aren't over the moon excited about it, why people thought, well, the next era of Rockies baseball should get rid of everyone that's here and bring in entirely new people. And I just think that that's built on feelings and rage and anger that are all justified, but not at all helpful. They're not pragmatic. They still have the very real problem of unique environmental concerns to solve. And they've got some smart people around who haven't had these positions of power before, who are going to 
give their take on it. They're going to try their way. And their way has not yet been tried as much as, and that's the thing I think I'm most frustrated about is this notion that the Rockies are just doing the same thing all over again. And, you know, we, we all know that that's just not the way it works in our real lives. Like I said, go back to your own family. Do you, would you run things exactly the same way your parents would or your siblings would or your kids would? Probably not. You would probably change up quite a few things if you got to call the shots. I don't know anyone who wouldn't. So let's give them a chance. Uh, let's, you know, look at what is and not just how it looks like, how it feels. And let, let's be honest about the facts of the case in both ways, right? These guys have a lot to prove now because they they didn't do, and and that's this is the real credence to the whole anger part of it. They didn't do what I would say would be the easy thing. The easy thing is to win the PR battle. The easy thing would have been to go out, hire some fresh faces, release a couple of nice statements and placate the fan base. Right. But still there'd be a lot of fans saying, well, okay, they finally did the PR thing. Right. But we still need, cause that's the fact. No matter, you can't escape the ultimate fact, which is that you're only going to convince people enough people when you win that's all it's not about winning the pr battle in the off season and it's not about releasing the right statements and being articulate it's about winning baseball games something they have struggled very much to do but this is now the first go-round with bill schmidt at the helm Clint Hurdle in tow, and now Sterling Monfort running the scouting department, all of that. There's a new era of Rockies baseball. And instead of other folks out there, whether it's fans or media, either one, not even acknowledging that this is a new era of Rockies baseball, which is quite frankly just misleading and disingenuous. That's like purposefully dishonest when you've made this many front office moves to say, oh, they're the exact same. It's not even a new era of Rockies baseball or the other thing is to start it with them in the negative to say, okay, it is, but they're already in the negative because they didn't hire the right people. We are deciding we have decided already without really knowing much about the people. Right? So I'm starting them at zero, right? At neutral. Let's see what they do. It's always been my, position on stuff like this, you know, let's see what they do. And starting with, oh no, you're, you guys are already in the hole. You're already at a negative. In my opinion, their resumes qualify them for their jobs. And what at least Bill Schmidt has said so far, and the handful of things that he's done so far, with the exception of letting John Gray get away, have been good. Again, you got to start calling them as things happen. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, again, I know this one is tough for people because it 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 is emotional, and I understand that. And I never want to put down anyone's like emotional reactions to these things, but it is it's tough because you we all have to get past that to have an honest and earnest conversation. Just being generally angry at the Rockies for generally doing generally silly things 
and then applying that to every single thing and then forgetting to go and look at the resume and go like, oh yeah, the guy was just the assistant scouting director and I didn't have a problem with that. <laughs> so why, So what's the deal, right? Let, you know, let's, let's have some perspective here. So let me know what you think down in the comments, in the Discord, on Twitter, any of that stuff. Uh, very curious to hear some more conversation about this. Um, had a few people hit me up on Twitter and also saying things like, you know, I've met and worked with Sterling over the years. He's a really great guy, really smart guy. He's he's earned his keep, and and I think he's gonna do a great job. And you know, I it I prefer the conversation that takes place in the tangible, in the real, in the I know the guy. I've seen him work. Here's what's going on rather than the, I have no specific information, but I'm gonna be angry about this because it looks bad. Like, those two people are just living in completely opposite worlds, right? I'm just trying to bridge the gap a little bit between them. <laughs> Doing my best out here, so. Let me know what you think. I appreciate you all for listening in. You know you're absolutely awesome out there. You know I'm absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.